Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Superpower of Confidence podcast, where I talk to my guests about the concept of confidence and how it differs from fake confidence like arrogance or other stuff. And how do we find true confidence? Everybody is at different stages in their journey. And today, my guest is Chris Dawa. Hello. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Uh, Chris is a good friend of mine, and mm. I'll let him introduce himself. So, Chris. Yeah. I'm Chris Dawa. I'm an Australian-born comedian, stand-up comic, Ooh. Uh, residing in Zurich, Switzerland. I've uh, been doing this for years now. We started pretty much together in Switzerland. I mm -hmm. uh, wor I've worked in a bunch of different countries. I've been a speaker in TEDx. Besides that, it's uh, I also write. I'm a writer. I've done plays and some uh, small things. Been a bit of an actor sometimes. I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Chris, mm. I gotta say, when I met you, yep, you were a bit of a mess. Was I? Yes. I thought it was pretty good. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I was. Uh, you're a bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. uh, you checked all the boxes of the mess. Of uh, the mess. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Well, we can reveal you had some addictions. Had a few addictions. A yeah. few addictions. Yeah. And I noticed your transformation from going from mess to, I'm going to say it, you're one of the most stable people that I know today. Really? Yes. Gee, it is. <laughs> That's why I wanted to have you here is to talk about these things because sure. I'm a one of the big believer uh, that your story mm -hmm. can inspire a lot of people. So thank you for being so open sure. about this uh, episode of your life. Yeah, How yeah. long was this episode? It was a long episode. No? Um, Jesus. Um, I would say probably from when I was about 14. <gasps> 14 would be my like... That would be the first like real substance abuse kind of situation, which is like a mixture of... Um, I'm Australian, so the culture is drinking, and you get you go to your first party and you just drink everything in sight because it's like woohoo, first party. There's a bit of that, but also like oh, I was uh, alcohol. Counts yeah, that was the first thing because I was never. Oh. Uh, but the thing is, I was never. A, it was the first thing I get my hands on. You know what I mean? I was never a drinker to enjoy. I was always a drinker to get drunk and sort of pass out or black out. Like when I was. When I was 18, I could finally go to clubs. I'd start the night with like six gin and tonics because they'd have like $2 drinks in Australia. So I'd just load them up and slam them back and then I'd wake up in some weird places. That was the where it really kind of kicked off was with alcohol. It took a long time to even recognize that because it's like you just think you're, oh, I'm just drinking. But then you notice other people aren't waking up in car parks and stuff. You know what I mean? That's like a different, okay. yeah, different kind of drinking for sure. So you started then and I guess you just kept continuing the more uh stuff i could get my hands on the more i would do and it was all what was weird was that i had like initially a real strong um i say real strong it was like a a strong ego about like never like i might you know i was classic like oh, well, i might try weed but i'm never going to become addicted to it or i won't do this drug or that drug and then you just you start and you're like, well, I didn't really feel anything. And then you go again and, you go, and you're like, oh, wow, I don't have to think. This is awesome. And then you just go right into it. So it's like weed. Um, weirdly enough, weed was something I did a lot of. And then I got super depressed. And then I discovered pills. And I was like, fuck weed. Now I'm on pills, like ecstasy and stuff. That was, And then I saw I, I became like, I wouldn't drink alcohol anymore. You know, you go through like um, intense swings where you're like, 
you in extremes you know you're like i'm not doing that thing anymore i cut that thing out but i still have this thing this is my new thing oh this right, is the, yeah okay. so it's like i don't this do that anymore okay. yeah this is okay yeah, yeah. No. in fact i remember one time i was working a job and i was going to a christmas party for the job and um and uh as we're going to the the party um i was car car sharing with three other guys from the job from work it was like a sales job thing and as we're going they were like oh one of the guys was like oh you're gonna have a few drinks and stuff and i was like uh no, no, I don't, I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then one as of you're a high on coke, or dude. Something. No, no. Well, one of the guys <laughs> in the car, he turns around, and he goes, oh, "Have you liked them pills, though, eh?" And I was like, I was like, "How the fuck did he know?" Like he just nailed me, like right in there. He's like, "I'll get you some water, mate." You know what I mean? He just knew exactly what the situation was, and it was really trick. It really tripped me out that he understood that. I obviously because you're young and you think you're the only one who's ever done something like this right. or going through it. So, but yeah, he nailed me pretty good on that one. It's it's a, and then there's swings of like okay I'm not doing this that the other and then you know you get into a bunch of other things and then um then coming to Switzerland uh, coke was something I'd only ever tried but then it was like I'd never really gotten into it but then I got to Switzerland and that's where I was like woohoo and just yeah went right off the rails because it's so easy to get here because yeah. uh, you know I used to like instruct spin and stuff right like yeah. I used to be a spin instructor yeah. so I would like I would have um. <laughs> I would be doing coke before I was teaching those classes. Like I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be oh my god, I, I cannot imagine oh. a spin instructor on coke. Uh imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just imagine a spin instructor, and that's basically it. Like all that enthusiasm. Like, come on, guys, we can do it. Like that's all just coke. That's really. his kit, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, probably like yeah. It was <laughs> it was ridiculous though because I'd be like, d- I do bumps before I go out, and then I had this this water bottle, and I'd pour some coke into the water bottle. So as I'm teaching the class. I'd be like, go, oh, go, 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 go. Cook as you're teaching, as the, teaching class. the class, yeah. And everyone's like, you have so much energy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking awesome. I know. And uh, really enthusiastic, this this teacher we got. He's great. He uh, really turns that music up loud. Um, <laughs> but then everyone I've met afterwards is like, you could have died. I'm like, I know, right? Yeah, like that's kind of it's kind of the point. Um, no, I just it never. I was never wanting to die, but I just it was just the naivety because you think you're you know when you're doing coke every day, you think I got this, man. I'm gonna be fine. And right. then you you go in there and you, you smash out a couple of spin classes, uh, smashed off your face. But it was either so it was either that at that point as well. This is before the sobriety and everything, obviously. But this is like this is when I was doing um, gym instructing. Like I was working for a gym, and I just I couldn't go into work sober. I fucking hate. I get up in the morning, I would uh, hit a bong. Like I'd rip, you know, like weed out of a you know bongs. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I don't know <laughs> if you're how up to date with the lingo you are with the kids. But I'd be ripping a bong, and I'd go into work, and I'd probably I'd either be doing some coke at work or um some uh what are they like um prescription medication so um modafinil that kind of stuff the silicon valley stuff i had uh, access to a bunch of those and i was just like go 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 but they could never quite they're, they're they have like especially when you're used to doing coke they have like a limitation for how high they get you like sure. how sped up so if you got <laughs> you're like mm, it's annoying but like so it would always be something and then once yeah. i had coke it was just like uh, was it you start the night and you think this is what's going to make it a good night or no, there's no thought. You just like, oh, how do I, okay. I, now I don't need to deal with anything. I just, I just put this down and just have a good time. The good time is not, is being removed from your, your ego and all the thoughts circling around your head. So whatever you can get, however you can get away from that is good. But it's like the, the funny thing about that is there's like an underlying thing, which kind of underpins it all the whole way through, which we'll get to in a little while. But just in that, at that point in time, it's just about like, hey, how can I stop all the 
little voices in my head from criticizing me. That'd be mm. great. Woohoo! Yeah. There's definitely a thing with substances that it's like a crutch mm. of confidence. It's yeah. a it gives you fake confidence mm-hmm. in the sense that in the moment you feel you're very in tune with your you know it. with your first thoughts yeah, and, yeah, and your, your impulses, impulses mm-hmm. and stuff yeah um and but d- do you find that it works for a while and then it stops working depends on the substance i think well i mean all of them have you know withdrawals and problems some of them are easier to um easier to feel that from like for example weed you don't really notice anything and it's not weed is like it, it again it's that same it, it's the same there's like a psychological underpinning the whole way through all of them you're feeding whatever those motivations are that's the key again that that whole thing i refer to feeling like trash it's like that's the key thing and if you're feeling um if you're feeling kind of shitty anyway if life is kind of shitty then it's Sometimes it's like that. That's the thing. Sometimes you don't even really crave it. The weird thing for me personally was my most dangerous time was not when I was low because I'd be depressed because I could wallow in the depression and that would be kind of feeding that thing a little bit. Okay. My dangerous time was when I'm like, wow, life is good. Let's keep this party going. Right. You know what I mean? I feel amazing. I feel so good. I'm on top of everything. I'm doing this, that, and the other. Let's fucking crank it up another notch. And really what I'm saying is, um, I'm doing really well and I'm terrified because I don't know how this is. I, I don't, I'm not used to this feeling. I need to really fucking bring it back down to uh, a point okay. where I feel horrible again. Yeah. If I, if I had a really good set, that's why it's, it's funny. I remember, uh, in the first year of knowing you when we did, um, the Mundwerk show, right? It was our first kind of, you know, big show. And afterwards I'm just like full of self-loathing and hate. And you're like, ah, don't be, don't beat yourself up so bad. You're okay. And I'm like, ah, kind of need to <laughs> so if i'm really happy about what i did this could go a real bad place and then funnily enough i, I had a, a chat and i'm like oh i feel much better now and then a friend invited me out i'm like yeah let's go out and i went out and i just went on a couple of day bender and it was fucking awful again okay and that's the thing it's always for me it was always pulling back from from the brink of feeling okay and feeling some kind of contentment or feeling like i was happy it was just like oh, can't can't be here gotta pull it back right so okay so You've said uh, a few times now that it's this underlying feeling yeah. of feeling like trash. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's there was a moment in your life when you decided, okay, enough. Like I'm gonna try to, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm gonna try to fix this. Mm-hmm. What was it? Was it that y- you were at a dead end? It would be lovely for me to say I had a come to God moment. But I, I really didn't. <laughs> like I really didn't. Oh, I, sorry, is, sorry, Jesus. Christian I know. Yeah. Sorry, man. Um, no, I. I right, we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you have as Christian listeners? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus doesn't save, unfortunately. Um, but he does. S- he does. Okay. It was a cumulative effect. It was like um, I had uh, uh, several several different moments where I was like, well. One was having a child, like having a daughter, where it's like she was the first thing where I'm like, I need to be sober to to be around this this person. I can't have a kid and be messed up when I'm around them. Once they, they're away, because the mother and I went together, once they're not around me, I can be as fucked up as I want. But whenever I'm near her, I need to be sober. So that okay. was the first step. And then comes comedy. And it's like every time I would get better at comedy, something would like pull me back and show me that I wasn't actually getting as good as I thought. Like going to Edinburgh the second time, 
I was really good at getting on stage loaded and like just talking to people, just improving in the space and the moment, working the crowd. But if a crowd was there that wanted material, I would bomb like a motherfucker because I had none because I hadn't been riding. I hadn't been working. I'd just been getting fucked up and going on stage. And you can be the life of the party until people expect something real from you. And then it's right. like you collapse. So seeing that, that was a big smack in the face. And also at Edinburgh, it was like I was having, you know, at the worst, it was like I'm having one pint or a half pint before my first show another one before my second show, third show. And by like 8 p.m., I've already had like five or six drinks and I'm smoking the whole way through. And then I, then we go out drinking afterwards. Everyone's finished their shows. Some shows don't even finish to one in the morning. And then, then you go off and you're smoking weed and you're all sorts of stuff. So it was like doing that every day. Two weeks, uh, after like two, two to three weeks of that, I'd start waking up and I just had like my hands would be shaking until I'd had a drink. And I'm like, this isn't, yeah, this isn't good. And yeah. I'm trying to like exercise and be healthy alongside doing that. It's like, this is not helpful at all. Um, and then the last thing where it really started ticking over was, um, seeing Judah Friedlander because we saw him here live and yeah. I'm watching this guy do 80 minutes, like it's 20. And all he's had is mineral water and I'm, I'm sitting there high and I'm just looking and going, fuck, if I ever want to be anything like that, I can't be. You were high at that show? Dude, fuck yeah, I was. Of course. Really? <laughs> yeah, I went out, I went out and smoked a, a huge joint like right before the show started. And I'm like, yes. And then uh, I'm like, I cannot be like this if I want to be like that. So there, there were other things along the way. It wasn't as clean as that, but it just... I had like a, a... It was like a bubble almost, like an impulse building across time that like if I wanted to really achieve what i believed in my heart i could achieve or be the person i thought i was worth being but just never never felt i had embodied yeah then i needed to stop doing these things a couple of hours wasn't going to work okay so it was a cumulative uh yeah. bunch of things oh yeah probably across like a good i'd say like a good six to eight months and w to make that decision six to eight yeah months. to yeah. like actually decide okay yeah. i'm gonna do ah, okay. it okay it was not the moment yeah like no. you've seen the movies no 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 i mean i had believe me I, I can't remember which comedian it is he has a great um line about this i, I can't remember who it is um but they basically i had a lot of rock bottoms like a lot and there's a comedian who has this line that like when you hit rock bottom you find out that bottom is pretty soft got a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of give <laughs> it's true man i had so many and then funnily enough you know it was going to um england to for an audition and for some shows in uh when was it? october must be october 2018 and i i was over there and i was like instead of buying weed which would be my first thing i just was like oh, maybe i won't and then i went on stage and for some reason i had an impulse to talk about like just going sober and i was like yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to go sober now. And it, the set went really well. And then I was like, well, now I've told people I'm doing that. People came up to me afterwards and were like, that was really cool. It was really like, uh, you know, people don't normally talk about that in a way that's funny. So I was, and I was like, okay, well, I've said it and it's been funny. So if I'm going to do this, because you think when you hear something, when something works, you're like, well, now I've got material. Yeah. But like, I'm like, well, this is going to be material. I have to live it because I can't like say this on one hand and then go out with everyone after and be like, hey, let's get fucked up. Because it yeah. just... Because yeah. it wasn't about like the other comp, but the people coming to me and talking to me afterwards. So then I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to try this now and see. And I did it in October, at the start of October. So every, when I started saying it, everyone's like, oh, you're doing Sober October. I'm like, no, this is my thing. I'm special. <laughs> Fuck you. I like, you know, so that was annoying. But um, yeah, it was just one of many uh, challenges. It's, it's people ruining. I know. I thought that was so special. Moment. I know. It was It was all about me. Okay. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of the, the culminative um time frame yeah, yeah. that happened okay so then 
for you know what happens once you decide to go through lives and socialize and mm. you, and you decide not to not to have substances fucking sucks yeah <laughs> really it How just bad does oh, it suck? oh my god because you you start like i started recognizing it wasn't um it wasn't the the substance itself it's all the communal aspects of it that you miss you know standing around with all the comics sharing a joint if you can't do that anymore corona by the way but like before when you're all standing around sharing a joint or having drinks with people and um i mean the the, the smoking weed at home on my own i didn't miss that as much because i you can find other things that start occupying your time but the, f the initial little while is weird um it's funny man that i thought like the first six weeks if i could just clear well i failed i don't know if i I've told you that yeah, story, I think right? So, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like a clean break, and I'm good. I um, I I stopped in October, and I got six weeks in. And I thought I'm fucking killing this, and then I had a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time, and we hadn't seen each other in such a long time. In fact, that we'd never really gone out and gotten fucked up together. And he's like, "Come on, let's just do it one time." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right, one time, it'll be great." And so we went out, and we got like some some wine, wine and coke. It's not a good combination. <laughs> So you said that first of all, it fucking sucks when you when you stop doing drugs because you miss yeah, the yeah. social aspects. Yes, but I'm kind of from having witnessed your journey. Yeah, that's a lot more than just missing the social aspects. Yeah. It's like it's your own internal suffering. Well, that's the thing is that the, the first six weeks, which I thought I'd nailed until that friend of mine got here, were they were mostly about coughing up. You're just coughing because I was smoking weed every day and with cigarettes sometimes you're just coughing up copious, amount, copious amounts of shit because your throat's so irritated. Right. But then once I was through that, I was like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. And then, um, then did some DMT and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then did, uh, like I said, had wine and coke with a friend. And then uh, after that, though, we ended up that night getting into a huge fight, like massive. Like he, we almost at each other. It was really bad. And, Wow, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was awful. But it was like it's it's a good thing to like have that as your last drug experience and be like, I don't need that again. That's yeah. not but like I had that thing. Are you too. still talking to him? Oh yeah, we're great friends. Okay. But just that, that night in particular, like it's it had that thing too where you have like the 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 bill rolled up for the nostril and you're like you're going to snort it and as you're going, your brain's like, Don't. You can feel it. You can feel the voice just being like, You don't do it. Don't do it. Don't yeah. and you're just like uh, and but that voice was really loud i just chose to ignore it that night because it was like uh, but like so after that comes then i'm like okay well i've already done six weeks i can do that again then comes the psychological breakdown where all your coping mechanisms and everything you've been using the substances to hold at bay comes yeah. fucking crashing down that damn wall breaks smashes on top of you and you feel like you're losing your mind like you yeah i had to like go see some people and it was a that was a really difficult time like everything about that was horrible and also just life seemed to be like all right you want this change let's see how bad you want it it took like every i had no job i had no money i had no uh, prospects of a job at the time coming in i was bra breaking down mentally the small amount of savings i did have i had this movie opportunity like a, a lead part in a film mm -hmm. that i was auditioning for and i used all my money to audition for this and i got right to the end and then failed uh, I injured my Shit. back training, so I couldn't. I, I had um, nerve impingement, so I mm. couldn't like sit or stand. It was constant pain, and it w I just had nothing at all. I remember being in London, trying to buy some food for the way home, and my card being declined, and all my cards being declined because they'd all been maxed out. 
and I still had to get a train to Luton to fly home. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this. I was just like, like that was, that was a real rock bottom. And I was sober at that point. So I was like, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? You've like, you've oh made yeah, the change. What's the point of being sober? Yeah. You yeah. think, yeah, exactly. But really it's like, it's kind of like life every now and then crushes you from every conceivable angle, takes away every coping mechanism you have, the exercise, your money to, you're just spending things, your ability to live frivolously the your bills being paid everything everything just gets taken away and it's like let's see if you can handle it and if you can which uh, you know everyone can they just got to sort of work through it piece by piece then you come out better and stronger but it just it fucking is such a crush at that point in time and mentally you just all the the usual things you the chemicals your brain relies on to deal with this shit not there so it's just empty you got nothing you just got to find a way and it's yeah that's really like yeah that sucks but you get better i mean t today where are you on this uh journey of your own you know you you're feeling like trash with yourself or is it is it something you're still working with yeah you're always on well you know i'm doing therapy and that's always a challenging um it's always a challenging environment but that's kind of the point you want it to be you don't want to go to therapy and be like well that was nice it's like it's like going to the gym i don't go there for it to be just sometimes it needs to be, you know, you're doing yoga or something. It's like a, a more pleasant experience. But you go there to feel like you've worked a little bit and to feel there's a progression, right? Well, is, okay, maybe that's why it's not working <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit down for 20 minutes. I and never realized that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's like what the thing that I didn't expect and what there's two things that have become really um, surprising to me, especially the last year. One is that I've developed boundaries. So through a mix of, of personal work and sobriety and all the rest of the things that come with it, I've started developing boundaries as a human being, which I think maybe I was describing this to you the other day, but it's a very unusual feeling for me. Like I've gone through most of my life feeling honestly like I was up here and I didn't have any skin. Like I was just kind of amorphous, if that makes sense. Right. But then over, especially over the last six months uh, and some of the therapy work and stuff, I've really pulled together. I feel like a, an embodied human being, which is very new, strange thing to not feel, but... Um, and with that comes a solidness, a foundation underneath your feet, a feeling of, of ground, which is like, it's the same as building like a set. When you have an act in a set, you have a foundation which gives you the confidence and the ability to uh, do other things on, you know, in open mics, whatever, to just try things because you know you have this foundation. Similarly with, with this, doing the personal work, not being uh, a slave to any particular addictions, becoming more of a workaholic and putting those things and improvement things like reading and just writing and all the, the doing the work essentially um, has given me a, a solid foundation. I'm certainly not infallible at all. We all, yeah, we all do things, but I haven't slipped back into any of those particular behaviors, um, which is, and I, I don't foresee it. Like I'm two years sober now, which is something I never thought I'd say. I didn't even intend it for it to be a lo lifelong thing or like even something I would do for X amount of years. I just was like, I wonder if I can do it for a year. Let's see. Yeah. Um, and then as I was doing it, some other people came to me and were like, hey, you've seemed to have done this. I kind of have a bit of trouble with this. Can we talk about it? And then it's like what you're doing becomes bigger than just you. Yeah. Because if you can help one other person with it, it's suddenly you, you're responsible beyond yourself, which I think is a, a key thing being able to do i think that's why the sponsors Isn't it overwhelming are if you feel responsible for other people's sobriety no no because it's like um as with comedy as with exercise as with any particular skill and if you want to call sobriety a skill you can 
there are things that you learn by experience and you embody and that your your learning becomes embodied but until you can articulate it outside of your own brain it doesn't it's not fully formed and i found that one of the best ways to understand something better is to be explaining it to someone else because when you can bring it out of your kind of you know that kind of blob that it becomes then you have to crystallize it in a real sense you understand it better because you're pulling it into something material not just thoughts in your head so i found that to be rather um rewarding and expanding rather than oppressive in any way okay it's been kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> hence the very stable chris Dawa. it's weird yeah it's weird to hear myself refer to that my family wouldn't believe it if you if you message them we're like hey i've got this guy's really stable they're like i can't be <laughs> no no exactly not a Dawa. no the last time i was in australia it was years ago now it's been a while but like i was just going out with a friend and they're like don't come back at three in the morning i'm like why would you think that i would go crazy and do that like well you know you know what you like i'm like no fuck you i'm really <laughs> <laughs> that's the hardest thing is when people that don't know you or haven't seen you for a long time refer to who they remember you as and yeah. you have to like that's it's a little it, it's a little bit of like a uh, but it's also kind of a at first it's a uh, because you're trying to move away from it but by the time you've moved away you're like oh that's how i used to be well it's not me anymore it's that foundation again it's like you're walking with solid ground underneath you and that's Ah, oh, it's worth worth so much. It's worth everything. It's worth it's worth uh, it's worth more than any any s substance or high. Honestly, it's like I used to actually say to myself and other people, I'd be like, "There's nothing more intense than just living life." It's like the high. It's the hardest thing I can imagine. That's why I do drugs. It's just to cope with regular living. It's like being high all the time. It's so hard. But it's like anything. When you start doing it, you get a little bit better at it, a little bit better at it, and you just learn. You just cope with it. And weirdly enough, as well when you're sober things that before were like would be like you'd be beset by things you know what i mean you'd be mm -hmm. like oh why is this happening to me and you just fucking whatever you can to get away from it whereas now those problems and those challenges you look at as challenges instead of um misfortune you look at it as like oh okay well here's a here's a fucking thing let's see how i deal with this and that's because you've got the ground you can fucking launch yourself from there it's a way better way to at least for myself it's been a much better way to approach life i've been able to do more with it it's been nice that sounds like a good positive note to end this podcast <laughs> thanks for having me on all right thanks chris for sure. sharing your story no problem thank you for listening to the superpower of confidence podcast if you want to find out more about chris or get in touch with him find him on his facebook page facebook.com slash chris dawa if you want to find out more about me, book me as a trainer, speaker, moderator, or comedian, go to bendelahay.com. All the links will be in the show notes. Subscribe to the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Until next episode, take care, everybody.